Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. The Old Testament book of Proverbs in chapter number 1. We're progressing surely and steadily through this series of the five types of fools. And like no other series that I preached before, I've gotten such a response of people calling and texting and emailing and talking about this series. This is a practical series. This is a helpful series. And this is something that's not going to only help us, but it's going to help those around us as well. And hitting to lesson number four, talking about the scorning fool today, as we talk about these five types of fools. If Mine, notice with me in the book of Proverbs in chapter number one. The book of Proverbs, chapter number one, in verse number seven, the word of God says this The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And once again, we're going to be talking about the five types of fools. If you wouldn't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again privilege it is to come to your house today and to gather. I'm asking once again that you would just do something beyond ourselves and that you would open up the message, that you would open up this series, that you would open up our minds and understanding for those around us that we can understand where they're at. Lord, with each one of these fools, it becomes more and more heartbreaking as we not only recognize them, but we see it in others around us. Help us to always have hope that there's still a God on the throne and that as long as there's life, there's always hope. Lord, give us much wisdom. Fill me with your precious spirit. I dare not trust my own. Fill me with your precious spirit and that you get a, your own work accomplished through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. There are five words that are translated into the word fool into the English language. And we've been going over and tr talking about each one of these five different fools. We started with the simple fool. That is just simply called the simple in the Bible. And this is someone who lacks discernment. They're not bad. They're not evil. They just... Don't think about consequences or things that's going to occur to them. So what happens is that they find themselves getting in trouble. These are uh, ones who are easily manipulated. People can talk them into getting in trouble. They, they can easily be enticed. Then after that, we talked about the silly fool. That because the simple fool did not receive constant correction... What had happened, constant, consistent correction, what had happened is that this fool started to get a little bit of pride and he started to be a know-it-all, meaning that he knows what's right and even someone who has more experience, he knows more than them. And it's an idea of pride that they know what they're doing. They become a, 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 a thing where they're always talking and by the way that you talk, they're talking, you know they're a fool. They're headed into trouble because they just know it all and they don't receive wisdom. Then we explained last week the sensual fool that something has changed in this 
fool that without the constant correction, without being corrected for his actions, without realizing there's consequences, now he has fallen into sin. Because of that sin, it has changed him. Sin changes a person. Whether it was pornography, whether it was gambling, whether it's uh, fornication, whether it's something, something happened inside of that person's life and now sin has entered in and now they, the first two fools weren't trying to get in trouble. They just found trouble. Now went and got in trouble because he had never gotten punished for it before. He, he reveled in being able to get away with it. There was this high that went along with it. Now if that fool is not corrected, once again, something's going to enter into the life of that person and they're going to progress to what we're going to hit today, the scorning fool, which is just simply translated the scorner within the book of Proverbs. And then if that's not corrected, what we'll talk about next week is the steadfast fool. Some call it the committed fool. Fool is just someone who does not follow the wisdom of the Lord. God gives lots of wisdom and he's trying to direct our path. But a fool rejects the wisdom of the Lord. And distinguishing between these fools will help let us know when to counsel and the type of counseling they should receive. Not everyone gets the same type of counseling. Not everyone gets the same type of of necessary correction. We need to know where they're at and know how to take them to the correct level. We've already explained that there are different degrees of fools and that they go through steps of progression and that we need to stop them before they go far. This week, once again, we're going to be talking about the scorning fool. The scorning fool. Now, the scorning fool, the Hebrew word is just lutz. That's what it is. And it means to make mouth at someone that is mouthy. Now we're going to be able to explain what this means. This is someone who's very easy to detect because he uses facial expressions to communicate disdain and contempt for almost all authority. Now the the uh, we talked about the other mouthy fool who always talked was the uh, silly fool. Now he wasn't purposely trying to be disrespectful. He just knew it all. He just knew more than you. He was the smartest person in the room. This type of person, this fool here, the scorning fool, gets its exact word, the scorner. You could tell by the way he looks. When you try to give them instruction, they cross their arms. If you forgive me, I've been going through a lot of different scorning fools in my life, and we've been talking about who is scorning fools. We had a lady who came to our church And you almost wonder, why in the world do these people come to church? These last two fools are found in churches. You would almost think, why in the world? But we had a lady who crossed her arms every Sunday and just glowered at me. Just had that faith. I mean, I'm trying to preach and she's just staring holes. And we asked, why are you, if you're having this miserable, why are you here? She would cross her arms, almost like, bless me if you can. I dare you to bless me. You know, and there were seven times she got up in the middle of the service and took off in the middle of the service. I mean, you for once, all right, fine, she's never coming back. Seven times. But they show up. They come to church services. We're not talking about people who refuse to go to church. 
Some of these people come to church. Some of these people become church members. And so we're not just talking about an outside world, people that we'll never see. They're all over the place. They're in schools, they're at jobs, but they have a disdain. You try to tell them what to do, they have an authority problem, and you could tell it on their face. This is a scorning fool, a scorning fool. Let's define it a little bit more. A scorning fool has not only rejected the truth, but has embraced that which is an abomination to God and has become a scorner. So they say, I don't want God's authority in my life. I don't want God telling me what to do. By the way, that's why these scorners hate preachers. (laughs) They don't want God's authority. They don't like anyone's authority. They don't like police officers' authority. They don't like government authority. They don't want anyone to tell them what to do. And they have a problem with all authority. They almost tend towards anarchists where they just don't want any authority whatsoever. The book of Proverbs chapter 1 verse 22 explains it like this. How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorner scorning and fools hate knowledge have you ever met someone who enjoys being grumpy there are people like that you ever met someone who enjoys rebelling and this is what scorners do they they almost seem and some of them do enjoy challenging authority They enjoy sticking it to the man, as the old expression went. They want to show that they're right, and all these stupid rules are just in the way. And if we get rid of the rules, get rid of the authority, who are you to tell me what to do? That's a scorning fool. Now, again, they have different ways of doing it, depending on the type of authority. But their face will surely show it. You can just see it. Now... A scorning fool not only has it in his behavior, but his attitude. It just seeps out of him. You know, some people, I don't know what goes through their mind, but sometimes I think people think they could hide their scorning or their foolishness. Well, in reality, sometimes it just pours out of them. Have you ever met someone who was proud and was trying to hide it, but it just seeped out of them? Or someone who is hateful and they're trying to smile, but it's seeping out of them. A a scorner, it's just in them. You get around them and you could just sense it that they have this scorning attitude. Now, he often mocks and mimics God's people in disdain. And he ridicules God's people for their religious standards and his conduct. These are the people that has problems when we talk about standards, when we talk about modesty and identity. This is the type of of fools that we have in charge all over the place. I was reading today how um, a school district has ordered that all children will share the same bathrooms. You know, that's a challenge to authority in God's rules of nature. Their state had passed a law that said, we are going to have separate bathrooms. We don't care what, what company, this is our thing. And in rebellion towards the policies by their government, they said, I don't care what you're going to say. We're going to show you. We're going to put all the kids in the same bathroom. That's not wise at all. But you see what they're trying to do? 
you know, even communism, I was explaining this to someone today, communism has the idea that if everyone is equal, we'll have no problems. So if everyone has the equal status of money, if there's no class divisions, if there's no uh, men and women divisions, they want to get rid of men and women divisions. If there's no marriages, there's no whatever, nothing that will separate people out. Let's make them all the same. That's the whole idealism of communism. Then what will happen is that we'll live in a utopia on earth. And you see, people think that because they want to get rid of God's natural laws. And so they scorn against it and they try to break the rules. It's even worse when scorners are in the place of making rules because they make rules to, to get rid of God's authority in, in the life. Now, we're not just trying to talk about politics or anything, but we're trying to explain and show issues that they're trying to get rid of the natural order. They're trying to get rid of God's authority. They're trying to get rid of any authority over them. Now, this type of fool has no capacity to respond to wisdom. They have no capacity to respond to wisdom. What do we mean by this? You can show them the most wise thing and they'll scratch their head and say it doesn't make sense. What has happened, in fact, let me just show you what the Bible says. Proverbs 14, 6. Proverbs 14, 6. The Bible says this. A scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not. But knowledge is easy to him that understandeth. Now, the reason why he doesn't understand wisdom is because he rejects instruction beginning at his parents. He's developed a habit of rejecting instruction. By the way, with instruction comes wisdom. He's rejected it. He's rejected it. He's got away with it. He's got away with it. And now he doesn't understand or see wisdom if it's right in front of his face. This is where we're at when dealing with all kinds of people in our country today is that you say, how in the world does your view make sense? And they scratch their head and say, what do you mean it doesn't make sense? And they can't understand why we say what is right makes sense. They think we're foolish. Well, what do you mean that girls need to look like girls and boys look, look like boys? That doesn't make sense. Don't you understand? We need to be the same. But we're not the same. There's differences. And I'm just using that as an example because it's something we can identify. But... They don't understand our wisdom. Again, it's hard not to, to bring in world events, but this is what's happening in our country. In our country, we have a division like no other. We have people who have think like this and people who think like that. And right now, those views are so far apart and the people are so convinced that their way is right, they can't understand the other person's point of view and to be honest isn't that true of us we can't understand why they think that away their way of thinking is so off the wall it doesn't make sense to us but to them it makes perfect sense because they've rejected wisdom and now there's no reasoning with them because they do not have a capacity of understanding wisdom you could try to explain it. You could get a bullet point, PowerPoint. You could go ahead and write it in balloons, markers, crayons. They cannot understand wisdom. And that's where they're at. You could come up with the greatest argument and it won't 
make sense to them. They have rejected wisdom. The Bible goes on a little bit more. Proverbs 13, 1. Proverbs 13, 1. A wise son heareth his son's instruction. So, kids, if you're going to be wise, you'll listen to your father's instruction. But a scorner heareth not rebuke. So when someone tries to correct him, he doesn't listen. He doesn't, you know... Have you ever talked to someone and you know they're hearing you, but they're not listening? That's what a scorner does. He doesn't listen. He doesn't hear. He doesn't process, doesn't understand. He doesn't see wisdom. Now, all fools, all of them start with rejection of instruction at home. The, the way to correct a fool, the way to stop a fool, the way to keep them from being born is to have proper instruction in the home without that proper instruction of the home if they're not going to obey their parents why in the world should they obey someone else that's practicality we have to if we want them to be good citizens we want them not to break the law we want them to obey their boss we have to teach them to obey at home we have to be consistent we have to be uh, continually working on it. You can't let up. It has to be continual. Now, it stems from not having correct discipline at home. That, that's where it stems from. The problems are the homes. That's why we as church folks, we as Christians, we have to put an emphasis on the home. We have to fix homes because homes are in a wreck. And as long as homes are in a wreck, our society is going to be in a wreck. We have to fix the homes. We just need old-fashioned revival. That is the only hope we have because we cannot convince the fools. They do not accept wisdom. They cannot. Now, this is important. Anyone who tries to discipline the scorner who is not unauthorized or who is unauthorized will pay for it what do i mean by this what do i mean by this that if you correct authority of their life you cannot correct them and you should not correct them this is where good well-meaning christians get hurt by you not being authorized to correct a fool you are going to pay for it the bible speaks about that proverbs chapter 9 chapter 9 verses 7 and 8 proverbs 9 7 and 8 he that repute reproveth a scorner getteth himself shame he that rebuketh a wicked man get himself a blot reprove not a scorner lest he hate thee rebuke a wise man and he will love thee the bible is very clear that we need to be careful if you are not authorized to correct a person you need to not do it I know that's heartbreaking. You say, what do I do? You pray. You pray that their authority uh, gets it correct. Now, along with this, unauthorized authority is someone who is not in direct authority of the individual. What is the authority that we have? Parents are over their children. Husbands are over their wives. Never correct a wife if you're not the husband. You go through that authority if there's that proper chain of command. I know homes are in a wreck and so you, you get in a little, uh, everything gets complicated. But husbands, that's their job is to help love their wives and help correct them. Pastors are an authority of the flock. This is why church membership is so important. 
Do you know that if they're not a member, I have limited resources, a limited amount of authority. They may choose to submit themselves under the authority, but I don't have that authority. I, I, it's hard for me to correct someone who is not a member of the church and definitely don't ever correct someone else's church. If you have a problem with someone else's church members, you go to their pastor. You must go through direct authority. Bosses are over their employees. Government is over the people. Police officers are in direct authority. By the way, with this same idea... We need to teach people how to respond to authority. For example, this is a practical example. Never call police officers cops. That is slang language and it is disrespectful. Even though they may use the term themselves now, it is not acceptable. You always show them respect because your children and everyone else are watching you how you respond to them. And the same thing. You, as parents, how you respond to authority, you're teaching your kids how to respond to authority. For example, if pastor asks something uh, of you and it's not illegal, it's not unbiblical, it's not impractical, then do it. And definitely don't complain about it in front of the kids because you're teaching them how to respond to authority. Authority is necessary. Authority is something that God has placed. But this is where people will get hurt when you try to correct someone who's not in your direct chain of command. But you said, but, but their authority is not doing it. Yeah, but you're going to set yourself up because that scorner, he will take it out from you. He will. He will snap. When dealing with people, we need to know how they're going to react. How are they going to react? They're going to chew you up. They are going to attack. They're going to hurt. Let's go on a little bit more. Proverbs 15, 12. Proverbs 15, 12. A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him. Neither will he go to the wise. Now this is important. A scorner will hate everyone who tries to correct them including authority, but the authority is the only one who could do it. If you are not authorized to correct that person, he will hate you. And because you're not authorized, you weren't the right person, he could keep that grudge. You could ruin relationships, even if you're trying your best to help. I, I know this is, this is a heartbreaking part, but we need to be wise. A scorner you cannot rebuke, you will ruin your influence over them. This is what the Bible says. He will not seek instruction, nor will he accept instruction. Here's a little uh, policy. Unwarranted advice is never heeded, but often resented. Unwarranted advice is never heeded and often resented. The quickest way to get someone aggravated with you permanently is to go ahead and try to correct them even if it's in love and you're not in authority. Uh, again, I'm not trying to back you against the wall. I'm trying to say here we have to have wisdom. By the way, if it's a wise person, 
They will accept rebuke from all sources and they will, get what, they will get wiser. They will take it from anyone and try to make themselves better. That's a wise person. What we're trying to do is talk about a scorner. The other fools you could kind of correct to a degree, even if you're not in their chain of command. A scorner, don't touch if you're not in that chain of command. It is vital that a scorner receives proper discipline and be separated from those he hangs out with, the scorning crowd. This is the type of fool, starting here, you have to go through drastic measures to correct. You have to go through drastic measures. You have to separate him from his old life. This is some of the drug people who are on drugs, they could get to this place. You have to remove them from their friends and their influences, otherwise they're going to go back. You have to get rid of those people who feed that rebellion, who feed that sin. You have to remove them from that environment, even to move them away, whatever it takes. And you have to keep them away from that crowd. The Bible talks about in Proverbs 19, 25, Smite a scorner, and the simple will beware. Reprove one that hath understanding, and he will understand knowledge. Now, with this, we learn something else about the scorner here. That a scorner, other fools are attracted to him. They want to follow him. They want to be like him. So in order to help those simple ones, you're going to have to correct the scorner, uh, meaning authority. You might not help that scorner, but you will help other fools by showing them consequences for sin. You, the scorners you don't leave alone and say well you know good luck if you're in the chain of command if you're a proper authority they need that direct punishment you say but they're not going to learn no but you're going to teach other fools there's consequences and hopefully pull them back hopefully change them the bible goes on proverbs 21 11 proverbs 21 11 when the scorner is punished the simple is made wise and when the wise is instructed, he receiveth knowledge. Now, a practical application with this. When we deal with young people, if you can see what happens with the fools, it will help you deal with the young people. For example, the whole purpose of going through this series is to show us the digression, the spiritual digression of fools. So that way we can correct the people that's within our authority, people that we're trying to help, people that we're loving on, that we know how to handle them. That, you know, with the simple, if we have someone simple in our class, we want to help them. If there's someone who's a silly fool, we want to help them. Someone who's, who's maybe gone a little bit too far and gotten to sin, sensual fool, we want to help them. But when it comes to a scorner, we need to be wise. You know what a scorner likes to do? He likes to disrupt. You ever had a class and you had a scorner in there and he wanted to challenge the teacher? You know what ends up happening? We end up taking so much time to that one person, the rest of the kids who want to learn are neglected and they miss out. That this one person sucks the attention out of everyone. We have to be careful. We have to understand that in order to help all of these, we have to do something with this one over here. You know, a scorner will get into a church and he wants to disrupt everything and he wants to take it so everyone's thoughts and everyone's attention is on that fool. Do you believe what that guy did? 
You know what happens when we're thinking about what the fool did? We're not thinking about everything that God has done. We're not searching after God. He wants to take the time and attention and energy from the church people and the pastor for his own gain just to show them I'm breaking the rules and, and it hurts everyone else. We have to deal with the scorner. Notice what the Bible says, Proverbs 22.10. Proverbs 22.10. Cast out the scorner and contention shall go out. Hey, it says contention's going to stop when you get rid of the scorner. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. It's hard to explain unless you've been in it. But when you get rid of the scorner and the wolves, we'll talk about wolves later. And you get rid of them and there's peace back in the church. There's nothing like it. To have a peaceful spirit, to have the contention where the fight is gone and you feel like you could go back and serving God. But that's what a scorner does is it disrupts and there's contention and there's strife and there's fight and that's not how God designed it to be. Now, more of a practical application. There are times you can help people and there are times you cannot help people. We have to be wise. Once again, what I said is that we could spend all of our time and all of our attention correcting that scorner and not doing any good. And everyone else is suffering who wants to learn, who wants the attention, who needs that attention. They suffer for it. Now, there are times that we need to consider other people around the situation. For example, if we had a youth group and there was a scorner in the youth group that was disrupting everything, because we love those other kids, we have to remove that scorner from that youth group. You say, but what about him? Doesn't he have a soul? Does it, does it that scorner, does it, he need attention? Yes, he does. But we have to work with those who want it. We're going to remove him from that crowd and we're going to try to work with him individually or have someone else in authority work with him but we, in order to save those other kids. Because what's happening is he's recruiting. Whether you know it or not, he's recruiting. He's looking for other fools to teach them how to be bad. He's trying to disrupt the other ones, get little followers, get little minions, and he's trying to teach them how to rebel. And he's going to do more harm than the good of keeping them in there and trying to work with them. So let's go over some characteristics. What are some characteristics of the fool? Now, again, I didn't go through all the references of scorners, but I went over some to be able to try to give us a good idea. Now, what about these scorning fools? First of all, they try to get simple fools to do evil. They're looking for simple people who have no discernment and trying to convince them to do wrong. Hey, man, go ahead and throw that eraser in class. <laughs> hey, man, go ahead and shoot that rubber band. Hey, take their book. He's trying to convince them to do wrong. And it may not be that big of a deal, but wrong is still wrong. to go down the wrong path. What is a scorner? He despises rules and authority. You can see it on his face. He hates authority. He hates anyone telling him what to do. And this is shown on his face in his attitude. This is someone who creates unrest and contention. That's what he tries to do as he tries to disrupt everything. He thrills in disrupting. And then he's proud of evil exploits. He brags 
those what he did and what he got away with. He brags about it. He doesn't try to hide his sin. Then we come to the idea of how to treat them. How do we work with them? Well, first of all, we confine them to constant supervision. If your son is acting foolish, you have to work on supervision. Don't give them that free time. By the way, this is what we do for anyone who has drug and alcohol problem, who has a sin problem. Constant supervision. They say, I don't need a babysitter. Yes, you do. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this problem. You need someone to keep you accountable. You need someone who's checking up on you. They need authority. The one thing they don't want or they don't think they want is authority. If they're going to get fixed, they have to have authority. The boss has to be the boss. The parent has to be the parent. The teacher has to be a teacher. I'm going to give an illustration a little bit later about a scorner. But with this same idea, as a teacher in high school, I had a scorner. And one of the things I tried to do with a scorner and any other fools that I had, I had to be the teacher. I had to win the battle in the classroom. Because they're trying to get, do what they got away with. Let's say that a bunch of them decided they weren't going to do homework. <laughs> Guess what? I can, as authority, say, well, that's all right. It's good. You know what I'm doing? I'm setting them up for them to miss homework next time. And then they're going to say, well, they didn't punish those guys for missing it. I have to be consistent. One of the things I said as a teacher that I am hard. Um, I'm a hard teacher, but I always explain what I want. And as long as I give clear explanation, this is what I want. They could follow the rules. We're good. You mess up those rules. There's consequences for it. And you know what? They had a respect for me because of that. That if I explain the rules and I don't keep changing the rules or whatever else, we're consistent. They know what's expected of them. Most of them are going to fall in line and do what's required of them. But you always got those who want to push the limit. I have to win those battles. You as a parent, you have to win those battles. You cannot allow them to get away with sin. You cannot allow them to get away with, with, with disruption. You can't let them to get away with disobedience. Example. Again, I hate when I teach this type of thing. I love you enough to try to teach them. Let's tell them that you told them that you, you go clean your room. And they didn't. And you go, did you clean your room? Or didn't even check? No. And if you don't do anything about it, you know what? It doesn't matter to them. A rule is not a rule unless it's enforced. You have to enforce it every time. But you say, you don't understand how tiring it is. Oh, yes, I do. I'm a parent. And I was a teacher. And I'm a pastor. You not think that sometimes I don't rub my head as a pastor and say, oh, they'd make things easier if they would just obey. You know, I'm not talking about y'all, but, you know, you guys are a good group. Thank you. Appreciate it. Keep it up. You know, there's been times where you rub your head. As a parent, you go, come on, you know better than that. But you can't allow them to slip. You have to be on them. By the way, you be consistent and you set up clear rules. 
they will comply. They will comply. You're just going to have to win the fight early and stay on them. Don't allow them to get away with it. If you told them don't watch TV and then they watch TV, that's disobedience. You know what they're doing? They're challenging your authority. You have to be the parent and win that fight. You have to win the fight. You can't let them win. You have to be the parent. You say, but then I feel so horrible. You're going to feel worse when they break your heart. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. I am. I promise I am. Again, you know what fools are doing right now? They're saying that's stupid. They're rebelling. They're rebelling against that authority. You know, he should mind his own business. No, I'm trying to help. I'm the best friend you've got right now because I'm trying to love. Second of all, publish, uh, publicly punish for crimes. This isn't popular either. You always take care of the solution as publicly as the sin was. Let me give an example. Let's say that there was public sin within the church. It is not acceptable for that person just to come up privately and apologize. If he did it in public, he has to take care of it in public. That's just the principle. It has to be taken care of. As many people, now it doesn't mean that you let more people know about it that needs to know about it, but those who know about it needs to be corrected. What do I mean by that? That say within this local church, someone gets up and tries to take a swing at the pastor and then repents and gets right. He doesn't just need to make it right with me. He needs to make it right with the church. But we're not going to call all the other churches and go advertise. Does that make sense? Because it's not needed for them to know. We keep it down to the lowest level, but it must be, must be taken care of at the, at the right level uh, that everyone else knew about it. Uh, otherwise, what happened? Resentment, sometimes uh, disobedience. Well, he didn't get punished. Yeah, but we took care of it in the side. Well, then we can't do it a different way to someone else. We have to be consistent. And again, this is hard, but we have to publicly punish for crimes. They need to be brought out and exposed what they did was wrong. And then... Remove from contact from others. This is important. They will infect a workplace, a school, a church, a home. They will infect. Now you say, I can't remove them from home. No, but you take care of that at home. You take care of that at home. You have to do the authority. But there may be times that we have to remove people from a choir, from a youth group, from this or that for the protection of all those other ones. There has to be a fix. And then this other one, again, people are going to hate. Require hard work and restoration. You know how you fix a fool from this point on down, from the simple fool, the silly fool, the sensual fool to the scorner? Hard work. You know one of the reasons why we have so many fools in our country? is because we've lost our work ethic. When people had to work, they can't get in trouble, first of all. But it fixes their mind. They have to have wisdom to do their daily jobs, to do their work. They need to work hard. With constant supervision and authority who are riding them. Again, not popular. That's what you have to do. You know what they do with people who 
who say, I've got a drug problem. I've got addiction of some sort. You know how, what they do to fix them if they go to the roll-off homes or someone like this? They send them to the roll-off homes. They cut them off from the rest of society. They say, you can't go to town. You can't call. You can't whatever else. They're not being mean. They just know how to work with fools from the Bible. Then what they do is the, they give them a Bible to read and they give them time to read it. Here, here's an hour to read your Bible. And then guess what? Every minute of their day is scheduled and regulated. And most of it, hard work. Every time that someone has come to me and says, Preacher, I'm having some spiritual battles. I have an addiction. I have this. Can you help me? What I say is show up at my office Monday morning, 8 o'clock. And stay with me as long as you can. And we're going to work. And guess what? I work them. And you know what happens if they stick with it? We help them. You know what happens when they rebel from authority? They get worse. I'm going to shoot a couple examples for you. I had a man in our church who was already a sensual fool by the time we got there. And we identified him quite early. And he had problems. Unfortunately, he was in a leadership position in the church. Which made it a little bit awkward. And I tried to help him and his family. We tried to do discipleship. We tried to do some other things. But he continually rebelled against my authority. I would show him wisdom and he rejected. And somewhere along the way, he went from a sensual fool to a scorning fool because of that constant rejection of authority. The next thing you know, his wife is in the office saying, I'm leaving him. I'm going to Florida. I can't stand him no more. And so he leaves. He comes to me and says, please help me, pastor. I want to save my marriage. I've got some problems. And he gave some problems. I said, show up, to my, show up in my office, 8 o'clock Monday morning, and we'll get to work. The first hour I made him read his Bible. And don't you know, he complained and murmured about reading his Bible for an hour. I said, man, you don't have nothing else to do. It's not like you got a job, man. Come on, read your Bible. I'm trying to help you. And then we prayed, and then I put him to work. I think he lasted two days. I'm not here to wash your toilets and I'm not here to be the gardener and, and, and to mow the grass. I said, wait a second. Who do you think mows it and washes it when you're not here? You know, what are you complaining about? You're just doing my daily jobs. Come on. Well, he rebelled against the authority. And the next thing you know, his life, he ruined the marriage with no hope of restoration. He took, refused to take care of himself, lost one of his legs, and is on the way of looking his other legs. The last time I saw him, he looked like a homeless bum. Gained so much weight. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying he smelt. He was rough. This is a man who was once, quote unquote, leadership of the church. But now because of his rejection of authority, he progressed worse and worse. Every once in a while, just to let me know that he's still alive, he sends me hate mail. He used to send me death threats, but, you know, that's how it goes. And I just know where he's at. I also know he's too lazy to do anything about it, so I'm not worried about it. But, you know, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to expose. I'm trying to give an example. You say, oh, is there any hope for scorners? There is. Hard work. Constant supervision. When I was teaching high school, I had a freshman 
who was a scorner by the time I got there his freshman year. He'd already hit the scorning mark by two years ago when he was in seventh grade. He was already a scorner. He had already progressed up. He got to this place, freshman, and man, we went battles. Remember, I had to win the fight. I had to be the authority. He fought me. He rebelled. He yelled in class. He disrupted the class. I had to win the fight. You know what was required? Constant supervision. Where he was at, I was at. They didn't want to kick him out of the school. They wanted to try to help him. So, okay, fine, I'll help him. Constant work. I gave him more work than everyone else. Why? He needed it. You know, by the time of his senior year, he loved me. And he was getting better from being a fool's and started to get some things in his life. Now, he was a Christian and he had a lot of things going against him. His mom, I don't know why she sent him to a Christian school, but she would go run off and go listen to Marilyn Manson concerts and stuff. And that's opposite of church, by the way. If you don't know who Marilyn Manson is, you're better off. But it's not church music. And... um, He had bitterness and hatred in his life and all of his authority let him down and he wanted to sneak out, but I was on him. I remember we were at a a candy sale and uh, I went to Memphis and brought some of the high schoolers with me and we were selling candy and I gave him instructions. I said, hey, you guys, we were at a food court in a mall taking a break. I said, here, eat. I got to go get something in line. I'll be right back. I come back and he's gone. I'm like, where's he at? Well, he saw two girls downstairs and he's out there trying to get their number. So, you know what I do? Being the loving teacher that I am, from the top of the stairs, I go down. Mateo, get back up here. We told you to be back up here. Those two girls look at him. He's embarrassed. He's mad. Get up here now. Yes, sir. Why? Constant supervision. You say you're just being mean. No, I'm being his best friend. I'm loving on him. I, I cared enough for him. By the way, none of the others, all the other students saw that. That was a public thing. He publicly disobeyed. It had to be taken care of publicly. And I couldn't take him out by the woodshed. But what I could do is I could show that I'm authority. And there goes his coolness with all the girls anyways. By the way, he was helping those girls out too. They didn't need him either. I, I still love him. And I still pray for him. But you know, After four years, it took that long to finally help him. He still has a long way to go. And I'm praying that he gets the help that he needs. But that constant attention, he loved me more than everyone else, even though he knew I was harder on him than everyone else. And again, we could give story after story after story, and that's not the purpose of this. The purpose of this is to help us to identify where people are at. And the most important purpose, to keep people from being there. We have to have discipline. We have to have authority. It helps us. Because without authority, we would all go crazy and do stupid things. But for those of us with kids, the greatest thing I can do is warn you that if if you don't have the constant, consistent discipline, your kids are headed to somewhere that are going to break your heart. And it's easier to fix them now than when they reach these latter stages. By the time they hit scorners, the percentage of helping them is down a whole lot. Very few scorners can get the help they need because they will not receive instruction. They will not 
understand wisdom. They rebel against authority. It's hard to help someone when they won't obey what you're trying to give them. When they don't recognize that you're giving them wisdom to help them and they're missing it. We have to hit them and correct them before they hit this stage. And we need to understand how to deal with people when they're at this stage that you can't argue. You're not going to impose wisdom on there. Your brilliant argument isn't going to set up a light bulb and they're going to go, hey, you know what? I'm going to change my whole worldview just because you said that one thing. We need to have wisdom in dealing with them. And we most importantly deal with those within our direct sphere of authority. Otherwise, they're going to bite, they're going to tear, they're going to hurt you if you're not in the correct authority. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.